This morning's reading is John 14, 1 to 7. <clears throat> Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We okay? I love this reading. Um, <clears throat> the 20 minutes or for your case, the two hours and 20 minutes that lies ahead. <clears throat> I won't, oh, I'm getting messages off prayer. Can't hear you, is that okay? Testing, clickety-click, all the sixes. Um, <clears throat> I think there's so much in these verses that you could write books and books about I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's very powerful. For our theology, we learn something of, of what Jesus is saying here. He, he's saying, if you want to be with the Father in heaven, you, you have to come through me. There's only one person I know who's died on a cross for me and for you, and that's Jesus. There's only one person I know who's been risen from the dead and has ascended to sit on the right hand of God the Father, and that's Jesus. So in these verses, you have laid out before you um, a very definite statement that Jesus is making about himself. And um, it's powerful, and a lot of theology is built around these verses. But he, he's saying, don't be troubled. You know, we, we, we face a lot of trouble in our lives, don't we? We're in a troubled world at this moment in time. And Jesus said, don't be troubled. I, I'm with you, and, and I'm going ahead of you to prepare a place for you. It's all going to work out well in the end. And we need, as vessels of hope and as men and women of hope, we need to carry that message of hope into our communities and be able to say to people, this is why I'm still okay, because I, I trust and believe in somebody who's gone ahead of me and is preparing a place for me in the presence of God the Father. Our destiny, our destination is God the Father in heaven. Hallelujah. It's good news, isn't it? You know, I, I, if, I, if I send you into depression over these verses, I really ought to hang up my boots because these are the, some of the best verses we can get a hold of. What's intrigued me is he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you think he was just padding it out, just throwing some words out? I've, I've thought about these words, as I'm sure you have, for years. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I wonder what those words mean. And I was in preparation for today, I was preparing, and I was thinking... The life. What, what were you trying to teach us? Well, I, I believe he was trying to teach us many, many things when he said that. And, and again, I'm not going to do justice to his words. I think his words are profound. I think you, you hear Jesus and 
you hear it one year and then you hear exactly the same and, you, and he takes you somewhere else with what he's saying. There's such depth to his words. There's such depth to who he is. But for me at this moment in time, I'm comfortable to know that he's the life. And I can't live without him. And I can't be what he's called me to be without him. I need his life in me. And it's a life of love. It's a life of faithfulness, of truth, of integrity, of, of perseverance, of bravery, of courage. But ultimately, the life of Jesus is the life of love. Agape love. Freely given. Not expecting anything in return. And that's the love he gives me, and that's the love he gives you. And that's the love that comes through us into a world of brokenness. He's also the truth. And the truth sets us free. And when we hear the truth, we're set free. When he says, I love you, we're set free. When he says, I really do love you, we're set free from those words that we would say over ourselves, I'm rubbish, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, I'm a failure. He says, I love you. I love you. His truth, I've adopted you into my family. I've redeemed you. The past is in the past. When he speaks his truth over our pasts, we're set free. When he speaks to us in the present, we're set free. When he speaks to us about the future for our lives, we're set free. His truth brings us into hope. It gives us hope. And when we see that he's the way, we see that he, he challenges to walk before him. And how do we walk? We walk by faith. So for me this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's signposting to the way of faith, to the truth that brings us hope, and to the life of love. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's remarkable. And he's all of those things for us. And we can live in those things. And we can live by faith. And I really wanted to tackle the whole lot today, the whole shebang. But they're like mountains, I can only do one mountain a day. They're just like mountains. I really want to bring you God's rich word about the truth and the life and the way. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And why did Thomas say what he did? And why is that recorded? I want to do it all, but we'll be here until Will's installation next Sunday afternoon. And you don't need that in your life. Me speaking for seven days without fail. So I'm just going to reduce it to I am the way. Not me, but Jesus' words. We're just going to look at I am the way. Is that okay? We are pilgrims. Or as they say in Spanish, peregrinos. Did you know you're a peregrino? You're a pilgrim. Do you need a bit of a scripture reference to back that up? Psalm 84, verse 5 and 6. Oh, what are we doing with them up? What's happened there? You didn't tell me you were doing that. Okay. I'm just... Right. <laughs> Blessed are those whose strength is in you. This is you, got lot. Okay, this is us. Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Is your heart set on pilgrimage? Well, if it is, you're going to be blessed. Do you want a blessing? Set your heart on pilgrimage. As you pass through the valley of Baca, trouble, it, they will, you will make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. You will go from strength 
to strength till you appear before God in Zion. We're called to be pilgrims. It's a great way to look at our lives as that of the life of pilgrimage. What are we called to do? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. The, the idea about walking and journey is, is, is pretty central to us as Christians. We're on a journey. We're all on a journey, as they say in Wigan. So I want to tell you about a journey I took part in in the summer. I retired from my job <clears throat> and I could see that God wanted me sidelined for a bit because Claire had had just too much of me. So I needed to get off somewhere and be on my own. And, and I felt really, having seen the film The Way and watched some documentaries and read up about it, I just felt I, I need to go on a long walk. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I just needed a bit of time out. I just needed to be on my own and do this walk. So I decided to walk the north of Spain on the uh, Camino de Santiago. This is the St. Francis Camino. And it, all Caminos end up right at the top left-hand corner there in a place called Santiago in Spain, where there is the relics of St. James's bones, apparently. His bones have been preserved. And many pil pilgrims go to see his bones and to touch the altar where they are and to get really blessed. I'm not too sure about all of that stuff, but the walk's good fun. So I decided I wanted to do it. Now, there are other routes as well, and I've got the bug, so I'm going back. I'm hopefully going back in, in um, May and June with my sister because I think she needs it, and we're going to do, do the last week, and I'm hopefully going to go back in September and do another one called the Primitivo because I've just got the bug, and it, it's a good way of staying healthy. So I walked... Um, 790 kilometers, but, but actually I'm calling that 800 because uh, that sounds more impressive. Now, I'm on the roving mic here because I'm just going to go through these next slides very quickly because, oh, Andy Pollard's just giving us his holiday snaps here. No, no, you're fine. How do you, how do you click on? Marvelous. So, Beautiful views. Um, I need to click on the play thing. All right, I'll sit down. Um, pilgrimage oh, first started in 1100, and that little statue uh, sculpture there was to commemorate all the years of pilgrimage. Um, or you get to eat paella. You stay in these places called albergues, where you just turn up and you stay in a dormitory, and then some fella cooks your paella and it's all for about 10 or 15 euros, and then you take a photograph of all these people. So that was good fun. Thank you very much. Here we go. I hate paella. <laughs> but if someone's cooking it for you, you're gonna eat it, aren't you? I, 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 gloopy rice, it's disgusting. Uh, oh, feet, they're really important. They're really important, and every opportunity you have to get them in cold water, you take. Uh, I don't like this next photograph because the way that the wind is blowing me through my T-shirt, it looks, makes me look like I've got a fat belly. But I can assure you it's not that fat. It's disgusting, isn't it? Anyway, you're supposed to be looking at the commanding view of the, Al of, of the Pyrenees. You are a commanding view. No, I'm not a commanding view. <laughs> right, lots of that, lots of dry, dusty paths. Uh, they are way markers. That, that's a, a very ancient way marker from the uh, Middle Ages. London the Camino, but you find a lot of boots hanging on things, 
and there's always something there to remind you. How is your mum, Claire? Um, uh, you go to wonderful cities, that's Burgos, that's the cathedral in Burgos. That's me, proof that um, uh, for my son that I wore the Everton hat that he sent me. Um, it was just fantastic, fantastic walk. Right, um, I'm going to leave it with you now to do this. So, I learned a few things along the way. Just want to share you some things along the way. You can't achieve it all in one day. My journey on pilgrimage took 40 days in total because I was nervous about the, uh, my body falling apart. I, I planned in five individual days of rest. These were mainly taken in cities or large towns. I'll just switch that off. Well, just move it away. Um, so that I had something to do, like visit a cathedral and uh, plenty of eating options. This means then that to cover the 800 kilometers, you walk about an average of 24 kilometers a day, 15 miles a day. And you have to mentally prepare for the fact that much lies ahead, and at times it feels like there's no end in sight. When I walked a day of 24 kilometers, I would usually break it up into three sections of eight. I'd work, walk for the first eight before stopping for coffee, orange juice, cake, and empanada. And after the second eight, I'd go for lunch. And then after the last eight, I'd find where I was staying for that night. You simply have to take one day at a time and break that down into one walking session at a time. And I learned a valuable lesson in the 40 days to live in the present. Yesterday's gone, and today has enough concerns of its own. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Because you can't do the whole Christian journey in a day, I've learned to value what time I have in the waking hours I've got and to be content with what small steps and small achievements have been made. So go easy on yourselves. You can't do it all in a day. You need to follow the signs. The fact that I never got lost in 800 kilometers is not due to any skill on my part. I simply followed the signs, the yellow arrows, yellow shells, Arrows on the ground, way markers, distance markers, they're all dotted along the route. And when you come to a junction or a fork in the road, or you're going through a thick wooded area, a sign will appear if you're looking for them. You have to train your eyes to find them, but once you have, your path is easy to find. Our journey through life is deeply personal to our relationship with Jesus. We have the Bible, which is essentially written for all mankind. What we need, though, is direction for the various places we find ourselves. The direction you got when you were over there may not be the direction I need over here. What I need is a companion to say, here we are, this is where we need to go now. This, I believe, is the role the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. Jesus said he will guide you into all truth. Maybe you're lost this morning. I wonder if that's because you've missed the signs or you've missed what the Holy Spirit's been trying to tell you. He's there to help and guide us follow the signs. You need the right equipment. Most Camino advisors will tell you that you've got to have three pieces of equipment sorted out well in advance of the pilgrimage. Your boots, your socks, and your backpack. It's vital to have the right boots. I took the advice to get a pair which were wide-fitting and half a size too big. This is because in the searing temperatures, your feet will swell through the day. Socks to reduce friction. Friction is the enemy of your feet. 
with friction comes blisters. Uh, last on the list is a good backpack. I bought an Osprey 40 litre backpack, big enough to carry 10 kilograms, but too small for anything else. And in all respects, you have to work out how to use these pieces of equipment. I hadn't realized, but there are about three ways of tying up your boots, and you have to find what's best for you. And with the socks, I, I learned to my cost that I couldn't wear those socks without putting Vaseline on my feet. More of that later. Every day, to avoid blisters, I had to coat my feet in Vaseline. It worked. It wasn't nice. It wasn't comfortable, but I didn't get any blisters. And then I had to learn where to put my bag, my sack around my waist and how tight to have it across my shoulders. Our Christian pilgrimage can only be achieved if we use the right equipment. The Bible talks about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, feet fitted with the gospel of peace and the sword of the spirit, vital equipment that we need to learn how to wear and how to use if we're to walk in faith. You can only carry the essentials. On the Camino, I could only allow two pairs of trousers, wait for it, two pairs of pants. It's the same for everybody. Four pairs of socks, my boots, slip-on trainers for the end of the day, a hat, a waterproof jacket, a fleece, soap, shampoo, toothpaste and a brush, first aid kit, walking poles, bottles for water, lightweight book of maps, my journal and my phone, and I took my Bible through the year. You have to have a pilgrim mindset about equipment and what's essential for the journey. You can only take what's necessary for the walk. You have to get your priorities right as far as what you walk with. When you get to the end of the day's walk and find your hostel for the night, the first thing you do is shower, and in the shower you wash everything you wore that day. Then you change into next day's clothes and hang today's clothes out in the hope they'll dry by the morning. And the only comfort I can get from all of this is that it was the same for everybody. If you take any more, it will weigh you down and slow you down. If you take any more, it'll hurt your shoulders and your legs and your knees. You can't take an evening jacket. You can't take three pairs of shoes, the latest John Grisham novel, a hairdryer. It's just not essential enough for the pilgrim. Our pilgrimage through life, we're often weighed down by things we shouldn't be carrying, things we shouldn't have in our lives that slow us down, distractions that get in the way. We have to be clear about our priorities when it comes down to it. And I can think of three clear priorities, clear essentials for our walk. Number one, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our strength and all our spirit. We're to love each other as we would love ourselves. And we're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The rest is just excess. Next one, please. You have to look after your feet. In the first instance, in the first two weeks, everyone had a blister story. Everyone had, had advice about how to treat them. Do you, yeah, there's, there is a really horrible photograph of one of my blisters coming up later. I thought it was on this one. It's later. You've got that to look forward to. It's in the top left-hand corner if you want to avert your gaze. It's coming up soon. Don't worry, there's no other parts of my anatomy to offend you. You've seen the belly, you're going to get the blister, that's it. Anyway, everybody had a theory about what you do with uh, blisters. Do you burst them or leave them alone? Do you cover them up with compede? That's that stuff over there on the bottom left, vital to the walk. Or do you expose them to the elements? One man, man I walked with used a needle and thread 
and drove a puncture through his blister and left and he showed me and it was disgusting without stating the obvious if your feet are a mess you won't be able to walk 15 miles a day for 35 days takes its toll you have to look after your feet our Christian journey through life is a walk of faith we walk by faith and not by sight without our feet of faith it's impossible to please the Lord I don't know if you've ever seen your feet as a metaphor for faith and it was great that um, Amanda did what she did prophetically this morning I'm here to suggest there may be something in it we walk by faith and there's so much to this steps of faith our faith in Jesus our faith in God's covenant through his death and resurrection the works of faith you and I have been called to individually and corporately the words of faith we base our lives on the words of faith we share with others our faith in his faithfulness to us the times where we base our decisions on his faithfulness to us and the promises he gives us our faithfulness to him the times it costs us to be faithful to him are times we walk in faith when our faith matures into trust and it's not just his words and his promises but we actually put our faith and our trust in him we trust him because we know him our steps through life can be ones of faith we have feet of faith and we need to look after them if we're to strengthen in our walk of faith next one of the best things about the Camino is you can eat what you like when you like and as often as you like and not put on any weight my Garmin tracker was measuring 35 to 40,000 steps every day and three times the calorie consumption of a normal day at home in northern Spain you could eat pretty much everything with ham and cheese jamón y queso everything sandwiches empanadas pizzas croissants on its own ham and cheese is everywhere so it's good to get experimental I had octopus in Galicia chewing octopus suckers is not pleasant and I don't recommend it I had wild boar in Lagrono and truffles in Pamplona chips and salads take taken with a refreshing cold drink and as much cake as I could stuff into my face as I said when I spoke a couple of weeks ago our spiritual food is found from reading the Word of God we eat well when we meet in fellowship as we're doing this morning our spiritual diet is enriched by daily prayers and when we worship and when we thank God and praise him we are nourished by the exercise we need to eat well to stay strong th th this part of the journey is called the Mesita and you've got seven days of walking through a flat plain and, it, and, and as you can see there's no shade offered there at all so you're walking pretty much for eight or nine hours in the sun it's, it really bears down on you and it's a really special part of the Camino because you've kind of got a few days behind you and you've got this like deserty place in front of you and you really do if you're walking with God you, you get some stuff sorted out there I came to love the Mesita people try to avoid it I just loved it for what it was um, you need to find your own pace the day I tried to keep up with an 80 year old she was 80 I asked her and I couldn't keep up with her the day I tried to keep up with an 8 year old is a day I'll regret 
she was setting such a blistering pace that I thought arrogantly I'd have no problem matching. Turned out I was wrong, and I was wrong to ignore the pain in my left calf and the way in which it continued to swell through the day. I limped into a place called Hontanas. I learned to go at my own pace. I learned that it's not a race. Pilgrimage is not about being the fastest, the strongest, the bravest. Apparently there's a form of Camino snobbery. Apparently you have to do the Camino in a particular way. You have to carry everything every day. You have to start at Saint-Jean-de-Pierre-Port. You have to complete all 800 kilometer rooms with other, with, and not hotel suites. Apparently you have to visit a church at least once a day if you're gonna be a proper Peregrino pilgrim. I'm glad to say I didn't meet any snobs. All I met were people who said, it's your Camino, do it as you wanna do it. We're so special to God, so valuable in his sight, that he's taken the time to count the hairs on our heads, to know our thoughts and our dreams, our heartaches, and he's aching to join us along the way. When we yoke ourselves to Jesus, we commit ourselves to him, to his values, to his kingdom, but we forget he yokes himself to us. He walks with us knowing how we walk, what we can endure, what dreams we have about fulfilling in life. His journey becomes my journey and my journey becomes his. And in that, we learn how to pace ourselves. There'll be pain along the way, here it is. I should have changed the setting on it so you could really see the glory that is that blister on my heel. I was told that the Camino tests both the body and the soul as well as the spirit. On my Camino I suffered two blisters, aches, sore shoulder, um, left calf. I did see a man's feet that were riddled with blisters, one as big as a fridge magnet on his heel. He had to miss a day's walk. I saw knee braces and tapes strapped to joints and some people I'd met had to miss a day because of a back injury or a swollen knee. I also encountered loneliness in the first week, but it was one I knew that God was calling me into. God just wanted me on my own, but I felt so lonely. And there were at least two days where I struggled mentally to finish the target for that day. Pain cannot be avoided. Even if you train months in advance, which I did, it's just part of the deal. However, for me, the enjoyment, the feeling of accomplishment, the joy of other pilgrims' company, the rewarding meal at the end of the day, the simple relief of having a shower and a good night's sleep more than compensated for the pain and the suffering. Our Christian Camino isn't without pain and suffering, grief and sorrow. Just like my adventure, our lives cannot avoid it. In fact, if we follow in Jesus' footsteps, we follow someone who was a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Rather than run away from pain and suffering, my Camino taught me to accept it more willingly and to press on regardlessly. I met a man who had the word ultria tattooed to his arm, which literally means further beyond, let's go. Let's keep going. It's important to remember ultria on our Caminos. Let's keep going because we have the assurance from Romans that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint or put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through his Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Pain, 
suffering, the very opportunities God has to produce something wonderful in our lives. Character, perseverance, hope. And ultimately, if we commit to Ultria, we receive his love. We're transformed in adversity to become vessels of his love, poured into our hearts, treasure indeed. You need your Camino family. Something wonderful happens early on in the pilgrimage to Santiago. You make friends, companions who walk alongside and share your experiences. They open up about themselves. They stand in line for you to get your mid-morning elevenses. They offer you ibuprofen because you've run out. They share meals with you. In effect, they become your family, your Camino family. When I was able to introduce you to at least 20 people who I'd met and befriended. Liam from Newry, who let me know that the toughest decision he'd taken in life was to say no to joining the IRA. Kev and Jenny from Texas. Kev has just retired so we could compare notes. Cheryl and Claude, who met running long-distance endurance races in America. They, for fun, for fun, they ran 100-kilometer endurance races. Why? I mean, we spent two days asking them why and really wondering whether they were mentally unstable. But over the years, Claude and Cheryl turned up at the same events and they had the same pace and they ran together and they became friends. And then a year later, they arranged to meet at this race. And then a year after that, they decided to go on a date. And then a year after that, they got married. And I met them on the route and they're just a wonderful couple from West Virginia. Karen from California, who a journalist who advised me on how to develop my writing. Maria from Bavaria. She, she's on that photograph, bottom left. She's got long hair and glasses. She was brilliant. Um, I am going to do a German accent here, and it is probably going to be racist. So at this point, we probably need to stop recording it. She said to me, steps are not our friends. I can hear her say it. I know exactly the place where she said it. We took like this flight of steps. Andy, steps are not our friends. And she also said, because she was the one who put me onto the Vaseline, your blisters will disappear, Andy, if you'll Vaseline your feet every day. Andy, they did not believe me, but who's laughing now? There's a... Oh, he's... Yeah, he's there. Brent from, Cal from Ontario, whose job it was to, to get as many Canadians back from other countries when the pandemic was at its worst. Simon from Bristol, who set up a charity helping developing nations build low-cost wheelchairs to benefit the poor in their communities. The man in the photo there with his big face is Joey, who just laughed at everyone's jokes and encouraged you every day. He's a Filipino living in Los Angeles. These people picked me up and I, as I attempted to pick them up as we journeyed and bumped into each other over the days. I know I couldn't do the Camino without making friends and making friends for life. And it's exactly the same on the road marked out for us. We need each other. We really do. If, if there's a strength to my message this morning, even though he is the way, he leads us together and we need each other. I, as I grow as a Christian, that becomes more and more significant to me, to me. We need family, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in the faith, sons and daughters, spiritual family, 
to encourage and to be encouraged by. Fellow, fellow pilgrims with whom to share life, you need your Camino family. And I do say you, and I do mean me when I say that. There will be tough days. The pictures you see were taken on the day we walked to the Iron Cross, the cruise pharaoh. Tradition has it that when you begin your Camino, you carry a small rock with you that has been a burden or a heartache. You leave it at the foot of the cross. The mound you can see is made up of thousands of small rocks. In the group of five I walked with on that day, we went uh, on the day we went to the cruise pharaoh, Dave laid a stone for a friend of his who died. Simon laid a stone for the difficulties he's having with his family. And Brent laid a stone for his partner who died two years earlier. There's something so special about that day that will stay with me. The tough days of the Camino and the tough days in life are of inestimable value. As I said earlier, the suffering we go through can, if we choose so, have a purpose. And in the healing, if we choose the healing, comes life and love for others. I was thinking on my Camino of the tough days, the day when the doctors told Claire and I that we couldn't have children, the day my staff voted to strike because of the decisions I'd made, when I learned that two colleagues in a governor's were trying to get me sacked, and a man I was relying on to watch my back did nothing about it. When Ofsted rang to inspect one of my sh schools just one month after they'd inspected another, those were days of burnout and despair, days when I came close to quitting. The envy, I mean, and I mean, uh, when, when every, and I mean every, medical school in the country rejected my application to study medicine. When I found out a leader I'd followed for 15 years had fallen badly from grace. The day I found out Paul, my friend's son, had been murdered. The time when I saw... The time when I saw Claire go to pieces because of her dad's brain tumour and I was powerless to do anything about it. The day when my first set of results as a head teacher were that bad, it put the school in jeopardy of closure. The day when my dad rejected me as a Christian, and now I see him, skin and bones, bedridden. I'm wondering what it would have like if he'd have accepted me for who I am. We all have our share of tough days. My tough days are not exceptional. When I look at Christians serving 20 years in prisons in China for their faith, I've got off lightly. But we all do have tough days. This much I know, God will get us through them. Because he vowed never to leave us, nor forsake us. He's faithful and true, and a constant companion on the Camino of our lives. I'm sorry. Next slide. Real destination. There we are. Santiago. Had a lot of chips that night. Ate a lot of cake. The real destination is our Father in heaven. Last slide, please. How about you? Oh, there is another slide. How about you? How's your journey going? Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. You will go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. When we were walking on the Camino, you learned to say, when Camino, 
means good Camino. And you say it to her, everybody says it to everybody, buen Camino, you get sick of it. You, you see that many people, buen Camino, buen Camino. When you don't feel like saying it, it just means good way. Hope your way goes well. I, I wish you buen Camino. I, I'm journeying with you. I'll see you along the way. I hope you're okay. If I can help, let me help, because I need your help. Buen Camino. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.